0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt. With me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? Excellent. How are you? Uh, if I was any better, I would be you. But I'll tell you this. If you're on YouTube watching this uh, pre-recorded bad boy, then you'll see another face on the screen once again joining us, Cincinnati Reds beat writer for the Cincinnati Enquirer, USA Today. Mr. Bobby Nightingale Jr., how are you, sir? Not as well as Adam, but doing well.
1: There you go. There you go. You thought, <laughs> hey,
0: you know what? It's hard to be as
1: good as Adam. I'll tell you that right now. Look at the hair he's got going on right now. I know. I was just thinking the only person that really should be wearing a hat on this podcast is the only one not wearing a hat. <laughs> hair is out of control. You look, you look slightly
0: like Teen Wolf, or maybe not Teen Wolf, but Wolfman. From the, old, uh, from the old black and white movies. You got a little Wolfman thing going right now.
1: Okay, I'll take that as a, an insult. It's a compliment. <laughs> it's a
0: compliment. He was a, a
1: good-looking man. He just got real hairy. All right, I'm going to come haunt you tonight. I'm going to uh, steal man, your I'm dog down. out of your backyard or something. I'm down for it. Bobby, how
0: are you, man? What do you got going on? Anything new going on uh, besides these uh, outside of the red legs realm of the world for you? Really, uh,
2: today was my first off day in about a week or so, two weeks, and then don't know what don't know when the next one will be, so just try and take advantage and kind of relax as much as you can. I hear you, man. I hear you. Did you get some sleep at least or uh, no nah, that, that's never on the schedule?
0: Never on the schedule. Of course not, <laughs> of course not. Uh well sleep when you're dead. dead. That's what yeah, they said. Sleep when you're dead, yeah. <laughs> not me. Not me, sir. I sleep <laughs> as much as I possibly can whenever <laughs> I can. I don't – single digits in the a.m. If I don't have to see them, I do my best not to on the weekends.
1: Whatever, Mr. Three Kids. You don't <laughs> get me sleep.
0: Dude, my kids are like me. 100%. Oh, yeah, they'll sleep in. Yeah, four-year-olds don't wake up 9 9.30. Wow, you're lucky. We're good. We're good. You'll have that someday, Bobby. Uh, so, so uh, let's get into these red legs. First off, obviously, two weeks ago – Nobody would have thought this team was going to be where it's at. Trevor Bauer had a one bad outing. Sonny Gray was kind of going through a little bit. I don't know if he was uh, – had a little – if he was sore or – not sore, if he was hurt a little bit or what was going on with him. But he struggled a little bit. The pitching staff, which was supposed to be the best part of this team, obviously the bullpen is what the bullpen is. We're in a whole different world right now, man. These last two weeks have been – it's been fun to be a Reds fan.
2: Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of what all the players expected at the beginning of the season. They entered the year with playoff or bust expectations, and they kind of stumbled a little bit, fell on their face for the first few weeks. But this is kind of what all of them had in mind. I mean, the offense still isn't clicking the way everyone thought it would. But when they're starting pitchers or pitching like the way they are, and I I think the bullpen's been pretty good for the last month. I mean, they had a rough start to the year, but the bullpen, I think, in the last month has been as good as anybody's. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's – that's what I wanted to ask you is the bullpen definitely did improve. Um, the starting pitching, like Chris said, there have been, you know, a few little uh, dings on the radar a couple of times, but for the most part, it's been pretty good.
2: For the all is
1: what's still kind of, you know, uh, I, I feel like it's still a question mark, but at least, you know, they won 10 of their last 13. What do you attribute most? Is there one thing that changed or uh, one player that that maybe came back or something, or is it a couple, two or three, four things that improved uh, that kind of turned the corner for them?
2: I think it's a, I think it's just a lot of guys on offense. Not that they started killing the ball, but they just got a little bit better. Shogo started hitting a little bit. E- e- Eugenio Suarez is hitting a lot more homers. Joey vado has been really good since he got uh, benched last month. Bustos mm-hmm. is crushing the ball right now too. So I think it's. You know, collectively, they're, they're still hitting like under 210 as a team uh, in September, I think under 215 on the whole year. So they don't have a great batting average, but they're getting on base a lot. They're drawing a ton of walks. I think it's the most in the National League. And so they rely a ton on the home run more than any other team, but it works when you, when you have guys that get on base. And when you hit home runs, they're three-run homers instead of just solo homers.
0: Yeah. I mean, they got four guys right now. Uh, I think it was four, maybe five guys with over 10 home runs. Uh, and and you know for a as getting at what game are we on now? I don't even know fifty, fifty six. Yeah, fifty six games. So to have to have that many guys with at least ten home runs—that's that's that's definitely living and dying by by the long ball when when you're just walking or hitting bombs. It seems like what they're doing.
2: Yeah, and I think Sogo Sogo I think is that was huge just because they were struggling so much to find a leadoff hitter. The fact that you're able to move Votto down a little bit. Votto is showing more power than he's shown in the past couple years. Um, And that kind of sets up, you know, Suarez. As long as those guys have guys on base when they come up to the plate, it makes them that much more dangerous. And when the lineup's hitting, and they've been able to score more runs than um, they did last month, and I, I think that's been the biggest thing is just getting guys on base, and then you have guys on base when you hit homers.
0: So, Bobby, just to take a quick break from real questions, I have a question for you. Uh, I just want to let you know, first off, that you asked one of my all-time favorite questions in a post-game Reds interview that I've ever heard. Kirk Casale gets hit in the NADS two games in a row. Nobody, he's up there for four, five, six questions. Nobody says a word to him about it. That's all I could think about. Bobby, you came through and asked the tough questions.
2: I swear it seems like once per series, once every two series, he's always getting hit somewhere. I mean, he's, he's taking more abuse than any catcher I've seen. I,
0: I don't know if you've ever watched the YouTube video for the Nutty Buddy, the cup, the Nutty Buddy. Uh, Chris Sabo's in one of them. It's really funny. Uh, the guy's a nutcase who invented it and takes 90-mile-an-hour fastballs to his junk when he's got this, this thing on. And – uh I hope Kirk Casale has one of those because whew, he's definitely taken – he's taken a number off of that a couple times. Not just – I mean, besides the regular foul balls that hit him in the arm and the leg, that anything that's not – doesn't have protection
2: on it, he's been hit there. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I remember he said it at some point. It was like he was talking to the training staff and he talked about the top three worst places to get hit, and he had been hit in all three places this year. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That
1: sounds about right. Sounds about right. Oh man! All right. Well, I'm getting back to a regular question. Good. I just <laughs> had to throw that in there
0: before I forgot about it. I just <laughs> love that was my favorite question I've heard all year asked in a post game interview.
1: There's there does seem to be some sort of a theme with that because I saw a video the other day of after the win, uh, I think the infielders got together and Kyle Farmer is checking guys and trying to <laughs> up-check everybody. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with those guys. <laughs>
2: whatever as long as they're winning i don't care you can tell they you can tell they're a loser group now i mean just 100% do that but you can tell yep i that cracks me up the
1: the,
0: the best part about the the cup check uh, when they all huddled up the other night when they won that game was the fact that in the, after the commercial break was over they came back to red's live and started it with <laughs> The huddle and then he's hit cup checking everybody again. They they put that back on TV. <laughs> Racking up. It was so that was, that was hilarious. Everybody loves good cup check, man.
2: There's always one guy, there's always one guy on every team that is that guy.
1: <laughs> it was
0: always me back, yes. back, in, back in the day. Always me back in the day.
1: Chris does it on his softball teams right now. Nobody wears <laughs> <was> cups. <laughs> Nobody, no, I'm the only person
0: in the entire park that's got a cup on. Because... <laughs> I'm not getting hit down there. So I just give everybody, hey, you good? You good? Oh, hey, whoo, who?
1: Got to have a little fun. Keep them loose. Keep them loose.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: All right. So uh, we've got, it seems like there are a million scenarios that could happen over the next three days uh, that depend on whether the Reds make the playoffs and where they'll land. Um, I was looking, so it looks like, You know, just the teams around them, the Miami Marlins, the Giants, the Phillies, the Cardinals, and the Brewers are the teams that seem like need to be on the radar the most, right? that They'll be scoreboard watching. It looks like everybody plays a tough opponent, including the Reds, of course, because they have have Minnesota. But um, everybody – I mean, Miami has, I think, the Braves tonight, and then they finish with the Yankees this weekend. The Giants play San Diego four games. The Phillies have Tampa Bay for three, uh, and then the Cardinals and Brewers, that's probably the biggest one, would you say, the biggest series that we've got to keep an eye on?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the Reds are in a good spot because one team has to lose every game. Exactly, so, um, exactly. If one team swept, they, they would jump the Reds. But other than that, I mean, if they beat up on each other, that's kind of best-case scenario for the Reds, too.
1: So, so that's the best case is just just split the series somehow,
2: right? Yeah, I think I think if they went, if the Brewers won three games and the Cardinals won two, that would put the Reds in the best spot because they'd be able to jump the Cardinals and they have the tiebreaker over the Brewers.
1: Right.
0: The big one is the is the fact that the Cardinals hold the tiebreaker against the Reds, but the Reds hold the tiebreaker against the Brewers. So, even though there's a chance for the Reds to get that second spot in the National League Central, uh, is that is that even? trying to think about how this could all play out. I, I mean, I guess that is still definitely a chance, but the Reds are going to have to win. If they win two games, they're in, right? If they win two of the next three, they're in. Are we comfortable yeah, pretty with that? Much.
2: I mean, uh, unless all those other teams that Adam mentioned all swept really good teams But uh, yeah. the pressure on the Reds. But realistically, two out of three should do it.
0: Well, the Giants lost today uh, already. The Marlins have been – horrible over the last four days five days maybe even further than that um i think they've won like three out of their last 11 or something so they're on a downward slide um i don't know i i think i feel this is as comfortable as i've felt with the reds in a wild card spot even if it is the seven or eight or whatever that i felt in a very long time and the best part about all of this is three game series to start I put our three up – I mean, there's – against anybody, even against the Dodgers who, prob- who probably have just as good a three-headed monster at the top of their rotation. Miami's – the Marlins got a three-headed monster of really young people that nobody's ever heard of at the top of their rotation. But other than that, the Reds have got to be right there, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think – talked to scouts about it. I mean, that's the one – the Reds are the one team that no one wants to face. Just because you saw what happened against the Brewers, I mean mm-hmm. – the, the Brewers won a game, but look how hard they had to fight to get that win. And it's just facing Trevor Bauer, facing Luis Castillo, facing Sonny Gray. If your season's on the line, I mean, that, you don't want to face any of those guys, let alone all three.
1: No. That was that was huge, too, seeing how well Sonny Gray pitched in his first game back after missing a couple starts. I thought that was really big. And if he can go – that so that's, that's what I was going to ask you, too, is so this weekend series – they're, are they going to skip Sonny Gray? I don't think they've announced the second and third game starters. We know Malley's pitching Friday night, right?
2: It'll be Castillo on Saturday and then Bauer on short rest on Sunday. Unless the game's Sunday. Say they clinched on, by Saturday, then, then Bauer will just get pushed back to the playoffs. That would be – It'll start Sunday.
0: How many days off – I haven't seen that. How many days will they have between the final game of the season and the first game of the – uh, first game of the playoffs.
2: So Wednesday would be the first day. Wednesday would be game one. Thursday game two. Friday game three.
0: So they'll be able to stay. They'll have a completely fresh, uh, all fresh arms. They'll be able to throw those top three guys out no matter what.
2: Yeah, the only problem would be Bauer would be on short rest again. He's he's basically be on short rest the rest of the year if he has yeah. Sunday. Yeah,
0: and and that was a big thing to see him on short rest the other day pitch as effective as he did I think that was the one the one thing where you know as a Reds fan you're thinking well here's here we go you know Bauer's been our Cy Young guy for the whole year this is the real test you know what I mean Uh, that was and to see him walk off the eighth inning in his Conor McGregor walk is one of my favorite things in the entire world I know Adam hates it more than anything (laughs) I would be staring into that Brewers dugout swag walking all the way as far as I could I love it but anyway, uh, to see that is a lot of fun, and it it's it's nothing but excitement in Cincinnati
2: right now. Yeah, I mean, that's why you trade for a guy like Trevor Bauer. I mean, he he struggled last year, but when they made that trade, this is kind of what they were hoping for. I mean, I don't think they expected him to win Cy Young, but to be this good, to be this reliable. And, and Bauer's always wanted to pitch on short rest anyway. He wants to do it for a whole season, not just okay. at the end of a season. So it's a, it was big for him to prove it to teams okay. when a different agency to say, you know what, I, I can do it.
0: So two things when it comes to Bauer. The first thing is the Reds get beat up a lot for um, either lack of trades or some of the trades that they have made have been kind of rough. But if it, but then they also have made a lot of really good trades as well. Yeah, but, I,
2: think, I think most of it comes back to the rebuild. You, lo- you lost Jay Bruce and yeah. Ross Chapman and some of those – Todd Frazier, some of those big names, and you didn't get much out of it. But all the other trades have been pretty decent if you, if you look at it the other way. Right.
0: I was I was listening uh, to the radio today, and Mo Egger was talking. If you look at this, if you look at how we got Bauer, we basically got rid of someone we were probably going to cut and just pay off his salary in, in 2019 in Homer Bailey. We got Puig and Kemp and that whole deal and basically traded Puig out, and uh, we did lose Trammell as well. But – and we got Bauer back. So it was almost like we got Bauer for Bailey. If you kind of, I mean, I like to think of it that way. And mm-hmm. you couldn't have got a better upgrade than that.
2: You still lost a couple good prospects in that Dodgers trade that, that maybe you, that'll hurt going forward. But, I mean, if you're the Reds, they got so sick of rebuilding, it was almost like. This was it. They needed it at some point. You know, you yeah. can't wait on prospects forever.
0: They needed this. They needed They needed that move. They needed it. It worked. And. I love it. Now, the second thing on Bauer is Bauer wants to sign one-year deals for his rest of his career. He's talked about it forever. He's he's no longer uh, he's he's no longer restricted, right? This is his first year as unrestricted. So, that being said, do the Reds have a chance at keeping him around, or is this or is Bauer? I mean, he's going to go to the highest bidder. Is there a chance that the Reds could talk him into staying here? Maybe not as the highest bidder but as giving him fair money?
2: I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think he'll go just to the highest bidder just because he gets paid the most. I do think if he's allowed to start on four days rest, something he wants to do, if a team says, well, we'll give you the chance to do that, I think that could play into it. He said he wants to play for a contender. He wants to play for a team that's forward-thinking. Obviously, he, he, he feels comfortable in Cincinnati. You can tell um, his teammates have embraced him. The coaching staff's embraced him. So I mean, the Reds have as good a shot as any team as far as if they offer as much money as he's going to ask for. The problem is yesterday's start. I mean, that I don't see how that anyway lowered the price. I mean, I think you're looking at if it's a one-year deal, and I'm not I'm not totally sold that he will, he will sign a one-year deal. I mean, I think really? he's multi multi-year deals too. Um, you know, it, it's just it's hard to turn down guaranteed money for if if it's put in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I, I, th- I think the Reds have a chance, but it's just it- it's up to the Reds if they want to spend that much money. And you know, obviously, he's shown he's worth it if he's going to win the Cy Young. It, it,
0: at this point in time, is he the front runner in the National League? He leads the he leads the league in ERA, strikeouts, uh, walks, and hits, three innings pitched, and what else? Uh, batting average against. Is that a, he's and he's up there and wins. Um, where is he at? He's he's only two back and wins, but it's a short season. Is is he a lock, or is he or or are we? Is there somebody else out there? you that everybody's looking at.
2: He's he's, pre, he's definitely the front runner. I don't know if he's a lock just yet. I mean, Jacob Degrom has to be pretty close. Um, Max Fre- Freed from Atlanta's had a really good year. I think he's nine and zero, and the team's nine and one in his starts. So I mean, I, th- I think those do matter. Um, But the fact that, I mean, you look at it, you kind of, it's kind of a narrative thing. I mean, it's such a short season. So narratives are going to work for players. And the Mm fact that you look at him coming back on short rest, and it was good enough to put the Reds in the postseason if they do make the playoffs, especially if he has to start Sunday and he's as good as he was uh, in his last start. I think that would easily push him over the top.
0: I totally agree. I think he's – I think he's – I think he's uh, I think he's a front runner, and I know DeGrom's been as good as he has in the past. But once again, man, at some point in time, some point in time, how good your team is, I know that you're just one man on a uh, 40-man roster. But, man, when your team is consistently as bad as the Mets have been, DeGrom's got to lose a Cy Young sometime. I know the guy's unbelievable.
2: That's where, like, when I have an MVP vote, I do weigh how the team does. But I almost view Cy Young as just best pitcher, no matter how. Like, even if you're on a bad team, dominate all season. And usually usually we have more numbers to go on than just 10, 10 11 starts. But a full season, I think if you dominate a whole season, even if you're on a bad team, you deserve it. Yeah, I agree.
1: Um, so going back to the lineup, we kind of talked a little bit about it, but Say the Reds make the playoffs. Now, you know, David Bell still tinkers a little bit each day, it seems like, with the lineup. And, you know, a bunch of different guys have gotten have gotten starts. Is there going to be kind of a set lineup no matter who? Or is he still going to play around with matchups, lefty and righty? Is, is it possible that he could have Aquino bat leadoff in the playoffs? Or do you think Shogo will kind of take over that no matter, you know, even if there's a left-handed pitcher?
2: No, I still think he'll do lefty-righty, lefty-righty matchups. I mean, Aquino, he's right-handed. Shogo's left-handed. So it kind of fits that way. Shogo hasn't hit great against left-handed pitching. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's still going to stick with lefty-righty matchups. And you're going to see some guys that will determine probably when Barnhart and Kisali start to. Um, there's some other platoons in the outfield, the center fielders, uh, Senzel and Brian Goodwin, That that will probably determine that. Uh, if it's a lefty or righty on the mound. I mean, it's just something every team does. I don't, I don't think any team anymore sticks with just straight eight guys and it doesn't matter, lefty, righty. I mean, the Dodgers, that, that's what makes them so good is they have so many good guys against left-handed pitching and so many guys that are great against right-handed pitching that no matter what, they always have an advantage, it seems like. Yeah.
0: Hey, how's the, how's the food this year in the, uh, in the press room? You guys even allowed having food anymore? I know that was always a big thing. Everybody talked about the food in the press room.
2: Yeah, that they gave, there was a there was box dinners, I guess, like a box lunch type thing. I never had it once, but um, they had it available, but it wasn't, it's not the same. Like usually in the past, it's you buy kind of like a buffet style, not a buffet style, but a la carte type dinner, but they didn't have that this year. That's a bummer.
0: That's a bummer. Is that, you know, when it, you're missing out on, on the Montgomery Inn and, and all that good stuff, it's all right, buddy. We'll get you back next year. Everything will be, Everything will be back to normal. Well, no, I guess I better be careful. Speaking (laughs) of not being back to normal, speaking of that, the bubble. We're playing in a bubble in the playoffs. Or not the first round, but starting in the second round. Is that correct? So, after the wild card games are over, uh, wild card round is over. Um, In the beginning of the year, you came on this podcast and we talked about the rule changes. Obviously, this has been – crazy with, with, with Corona and the amount of teams not getting all their games in. And it's just coming down to uh decimal points on wins, win loss records. You told me that eventually I would be okay. And I think that you thought I, that we would all really like the runner on second base in extra innings. I just want you to know, I still think that's the silliest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs>
2: The Reds, the Reds didn't really have any money. Like it was like playing games this year. They didn't really get. To, you didn't really get a chance to see it. That's true. Yeah.
0: That is true. Uh, the other one though is the pitchers with having to face three batters. Can we? Can we? Are we pretty sure that's not coming back next year?
2: I'm not sure. I mean, that, that's something Rob Manford implemented. It, it's it's designed to do pace of play, which I get it. I mean, no one wants to see four pitching changes in one inning. But I don't know if the game was any faster this year just because of that rule. or it. I, mean, I mean, there's strategy behind it. I, I think it, it, it made it interesting to see which relievers you had to go to because they had to stay in there for a bit. But I, I don't know if, if it's something they'll stick with or not because it, it, it really hasn't changed the original intention of helping pace of play.
0: I never did like that. I think, that's a, I think that's the silliest rule as well. One thing I have a question about that, though, because I haven't really noticed and I haven't paid attention – if you bring a guy in to face uh, – you got two outs, bring a guy in, he gets an out to end the inning. He has to face the first two batters of the next inning? Or no, no. Or this is a pace of play thing, the inning was over anyway, It become, the pace of play thing has gone, you can bring somebody else in
2: to start the next inning, right? Yeah, it's three batters unless it's the end of an inning. Perfect. All right. The,
0: the playoffs are coming up. I want to make sure I've got all my new baseball rules down in my head here. Yeah, runners on second when nobody could get, nobody was even up to
2: bat. Well, that, that, then, that one won't be in the uh, playoffs. Like, oh, a regular really? extra innings from now on. Or, I mean, once the regular season's over.
0: Right. All oh, the, the runner on second or the pitching to three
2: batters? Three batters, three batters will be a part of the playoffs. Okay. But third right yeah. second will not be in no <laughs> seven-inning games in the I kind of actually, good.
0: as a Reds fan, the seven-inning games might have been the best thing to ever happen.
2: I I think it's a it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Like I I could see that working in the future. I mean, it it seems more intense. You get to like the fifth inning, and it's like your heart's beating, and it's only the fifth inning. So I, I I I liked it more than I thought I would.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. We have a we have a guy who uh, a fan that comes on the podcast every now and then, and uh, he is also a lawyer, and all of a sudden decided he was going to take us to court. On on why the seven innings is the best thing that could ever happen in baseball, and I think I won the argument, but I I don't know I could have been wrong.
2: I can see, I can see it working if you, if you really wanted to draw in young fans, if you really wanted to fix pace of play, like it fixes a lot of problems. You you trust your starting pitchers again,
0: mm-hmm.
2: pitch most of the game. So I I think there's a, I think it works in in some ways.
1: I don't know. Yeah, if you're playing, if you have to play a bunch of double headers. Of course, you, you know, well, yeah, you, got, you can't sure. play nine inning games and, have, and play three doubleheaders in a week or something like that. It's just – that's way too much. Um, okay, there was one more thing I was going to – now it escaped me. That's
0: all right. I tend to bring things – I did off that last time too, I think. I, I bring things off the rails and I apologize. One more – I got another question about the bubble, though. So is this going to be like the way that the NBA is doing the bubble where these guys will be staying in hotels – basically almost either right on site or if not connected to right next to the stadiums and they're going to be basically on lockdown in those sites or is it based or are they just trying to get these guys around each just around each other but still have the availability of nightlife and everything else like like you know stuff that happened with Cleveland uh, uh, in Cleveland and all that stuff is how is the bubble atmosphere going to be in the
2: playoffs? It's not, it's not the same as like the NBA or NHL, because like NBA, you were just at Disney. Right. That's where all the players were. They didn't travel. Well, you're going to have to travel a little bit in the postseason. Like the Reds will have to say they make the playoffs. They have to go to L.A. or Atlanta or Chicago, wherever they're going to play in the first round. And then they go to Texas where they go. Uh, that's where well,
0: that's, that's more the one I'm looking at, that, that second round. When that second round gets here, how's that going to look?
2: Yeah, well, they already – technically, they're already in their bubble. Um, so the Reds can't leave their hotel from – and say, say they even played at home. So, like, the Giants, they're at home right now. They had to all check into a hotel. So even, even though they're playing home games, they have to be in a hotel from now until they're eliminated. Um, right. it'll, ah, it'll, be like that. It. it'll be like that in – the AL teams will be in San Diego. NL teams will be in uh, Texas. And that's that, that'll be the same thing. They're stuck in their hotels,
0: and then they're just going to be picked up by bus and brought in from there. That's a okay. So that I was I was I was wondering how because it had to be different from you know having a a giant uh, a sport sports park basically like they have in Disney where you're able to do something like that compared to how they're going to do it there. So that it's good to hear. I just don't want any. I don't. I just the the worst thing that could possibly happen now is have playoff games canceled and push this thing out because of it. I don't want it. I hope it doesn't happen. Let's pray that these people stay in a bubble and stay good. Are they going to have family in the bubble?
2: Yeah, I think some teams are. I mean, I I think the teams have to pay for it if if they're going to allow family. But I saw the Dodgers, like, they're bringing – everyone's allowed to bring their family with them. Um, I'm sure some teams, that you know, maybe they're not, and they're just going to be super strict about it. Uh, Because if you do have – positive tests I mean they're not there's no off days in each playoff series so if there's games canceled I mean you're just forfeiting it's not like regular season where you're looking at postponements if, if you have positive tests those guys are just out period
0: hmm. but are they going to be able to do kind of like the Reds did where I knew they had to they they did cancel a game or two but where if you get the positive tests and get those guys in quarantine and get everybody else through another round of testing negative Will they be allowed to play still, or they, or is that going to be that game just because of that one, uh, the
2: one positive test going to be going to be canceled? Yeah, I'm not sure how they they do that. I mean, I'm sure they they want to be safe, but they also don't want to lose the postseason. But I th- I think it would just be like the one player he'd be ineligible to play would kind of be kicked out of the bubble a little bit, and you kind of lose him for the playoffs, and then play one man down or you bring you'd fill the roster spot
0: are you going to be in the bubble uh, are you going to be in the bubble are they letting any media at these uh, at the playoff games
2: I'll be at the games but I'm not in the not in the bubble. like I've never even this entire season I've not seen anybody so yeah I've been at home games but I'll be just in the press box it's not like we're allowed on the field or in the clubhouse so I, I'm not around players to be in the bubble but I'll be traveling to to go to the the playoff games
0: they're talking about letting. Uh, they they want to have, uh, you know, four four thousand fans or so at some of these games once they get to the to the um, single site for ALNL, uh, Texas and and San Diego. Is this how? I, if I decide I want to drive out to Texas, do I got a chance at a
2: ticket at this? I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Depends how much money you're going to shell out. <laughs> yeah, never mind. <laughs> But I would, I would think, like, with high school football going on, especially, like, in Texas, I'm sure they have crowds. Um, you know, it's, it's easier to do it in, the, in those states, in those environments. Um, yeah, it's kind of, I was kind of surprised baseball didn't bring fans in when college football started.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the Reds wanted to. I know the Reds were trying to, uh, to get it by the end of the season, and they really wanted to get um, uh, some fans in by that last home series. Obviously, that's over now. but. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. Um, what else you got, Adam?
1: That that was the – you guys did actually answer my question that I was trying to think about earlier. Just, I, I just wanted to understand more about the bubble, but that was uh, – that's exactly what I was looking for. Um, so, all right, I, I guess I, I'm already anticipating who the uh, – and I shouldn't be looking – I shouldn't be putting the cart before the horse here, but I'm already looking at matchups in the playoffs. I'm thinking, you know, I, I – I don't know. I I don't love a matchup against LA or Atlanta, but you never know. Like, I mean, like you guys were talking about to start this thing, it's with the three guys that you go, if you can get three, if you can keep it to three starters and have those guys go on short rest or whatever and and still be okay. I mean, even if the, even if the offense struggles a little bit, it's still, I mean, you're, you're going to get games out of, if you get games out of Bauer, like he's been, throw in and, and if you know if Sonny Grace and Castillo has been as good as either one of those guys for the last month I mean it's they can match up with anybody as long as they as long as they can string together some hits and and stop leaving guys on base so, so often ending innings with uh you know guys on base and stuff it's I don't know I, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm getting all excited about the playoffs and they're not even they still have to beat the twins and that's a that's a tall task
2: I mean, if you're, if you're going to line up against the Dodgers, you'd much rather do it in a three-game series than a seven-game series. 100%.
1: Yep. Yep, absolutely.
0: Couldn't agree more. I love this. Uh, so, so when the Reds win their first playoff series against the Dodgers, uh, <laughs> you'll, have a, you'll have a day or two off in between that, correct? Two days?
2: So the last say, – say they played game three on Friday. The game one of the next series wouldn't be till Tuesday.
0: There you go. All right. So when they win their next uh, their next series, you up for another you up for another podcast? So we can talk about the upcoming uh, the upcoming series after that.
2: Yeah, just go round by round.
1: Let's do it. There I'm totally go. down for that. I'm down and, for that. And you'll be in an earlier time zone too, so you won't have to uh, you won't have to come on here at 10:30 at night. It'll be like 9:30 yeah, or whatever wherever they are. Maybe get some
2: sleep, like Chris has been talking about. That's
0: right. <laughs> yeah. uh, good luck to you, but I hope I hope you're able to get some. I hope you're able to get some sleep. And and speaking of getting some sleep, I don't want to keep you too much longer. We've already had you for quite a bit of time. You've always been generous with your time, Bobby. Uh, once again, Bobby Nightingale. E, uh, I almost said ESPN, Cincinnati Enquirer, beat writer for the Reds, USA Today. Bobby, uh, people want to get on to Twitter or. Uh, to follow you and see all the fun stuff that you've got and all your articles. What do they Where are they got to go?
2: Yeah, Nightingale, so my last name, and then JR at the end. That's for Twitter, and then Cincinnati.com for all the stories and videos and podcasts and everything else on there.
0: And I don't know if they're done. Oh, and that's the other thing. You've got a podcast going now.
2: Yeah, me and John Fade just recorded one this, uh, like, five, one o'clock this afternoon, so not too long ago.
1: Oh, okay. So it's going to be, it's going to be uh, up by the time I get up tomorrow.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Yes.
1: Nice.
0: Well, hopefully this one's up uh, by Thursday morning as well. And you'll get Bobby, will have a double podcast. Now, <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if uh, I don't know if we'll ever get the, the viewership that, you know, the pros get over there at Cincinnati inquire, but you know, we'll do, we'll do our best to, to get your, get the Twitter out there and get people uh, reading some of your articles. Cause Bobby's a great follow. He has always got all the information on Twitter. Best guy to get a hold of. Best guy to follow uh, out there. I mean, Faye's good, but let's be honest. <laughs> the young guy. It's the young guy that gets everything, gets all the good stuff. <laughs> like, gotta stay like,
2: with the older guys.
0: Yeah, that's, you know how we are with the elder boys. Yeah, always got to rep them a little bit. But anybody that's, that's going to ask Kirk and Sally, Sally uh, how his balls are feeling after getting hit in the nuts <laughs> two, two weeks in a row, that's my guy. <laughs> it's an important question sometimes. Exactly right, man. Yeah, it. it's exactly right. All right, Bobby, we appreciate it as always, man. And uh, well, we're gonna take you up on that once they once they beat the Dodgers in the first round. We'll 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 see if we can get you back on
2: here. You guys called it first. I'll remember it. There you go, brother. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so what do you got? Reds and two or Reds and three? Ooh, uh, I'll say three. You, you can... Two Two's getting a little cocky. Two's getting a little cocky. Adam? Yeah,
0: I got to say three, two. Sweep, baby. I'm going sweep. I'm going sweep. <laughs> We're going to have uh, – Bauer's not going to pitch in the first round. Bauer won't even pitch in the first round. It'll be Gray, Castillo, boom, boom, done, sit down, good night. Let's go on to uh, whoever's after that.
2: Wow. That's a that's
0: a bold call. Hey, you know what? Somebody's got to make it. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be the one that's right on this podcast. I'll I'll take it. I'll
2: take it. <laughs> Hope you make some good money in the process, too. Yeah,
0: I hear you. Well, I wouldn't put my money where I'm, where, I'm, <laughs>
2: where I'm at, but
0: no, once again, Bobby, seriously, thanks a lot, man. Go get some sleep.
2: Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Bobby.
0: Bobby Nightingale, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you, that guy's
1: always fun. He's the best. He's the best. And if you are, speaking of that, if you are listening to this or watching this on YouTube, and you haven't checked it out yet, the Reds Beat podcast, it's excellent. Bobby and John Fay are, are, are so good. They're, I, you know, the best when it comes to covering the Reds, um, and, and they're incredibly knowledgeable, not just about the Reds, but about baseball and what's going on, especially in this crazy year when there's all those different, you know, the, the, all the different rule changes, the bubble stuff. I mean, he knows he, he never, he has never struggled with a question we've ever asked him about anything, including this year when you should, I mean, you all should almost should struggle because there's so much different stuff going on. Yep. There's, there's, it's, it's, it's all kinds of weird stuff. And, uh, but he's got it all, he's got it all up here and his noggin and, uh, he
0: asks He asks all the right questions and gets all the good stuff, and he even asks a couple silly questions. I can't tell you how much I love the fact that he asked him about that. He got hit in the Nads two games in a row. He's like, dude, how you feeling, man? You all right? And I'm pretty sure it was Kirk Sally that actually used the word nuts. Said he got hit in the nuts.
1: I'm tired of getting hit in the nuts or something like that. Oh, my God. Crack me up. We got to get him to to ask a question like that, after every game to try to get one of the players to say something embarrassing.
0: Yes. Oh, well, oh, man, I see that I would, I'd be kicked out of the media room. <laughs> if I was asking questions. They just mute me manually mute me on the zoom call that they all do afterwards.
1: <laughs> no good. It would be bad news. Bad news for sure. That is funny. All right. Yep. Yep. So we thank, uh, we thank Bobby and we I I'm sure you're the same as me, man. I, the, this last week or so, I have been like, if I haven't been able to be in front of a TV, I've had my phone up. Uh, I'm trying not to get in trouble with with the lady, you know, to you know being on my phone when she's talking or something to me. You know, <laughs> like I, I'm trying to make sure I, you know, uh, but I, I'll, you know, we'll have dinner. We'll be sitting down for dinner, and I'll I'll turn it on. I, I can, you know, turn the game on my phone and just put it on mute and just kind of put it next to me, and you know. She kind of has no eventually. idea what she's talking about. Huh? No idea. She, she, she'll she kind of notice like, oh, what you got? You got the game on over there? Like, oh, you know, just have it just, you know, just think, you know, so I can just check once in a while. But I'm listening. I'm listening to you for sure. <laughs> terrible. Terrible, terrible. Look, Listen. every game for the last week has been the most important game in In the Reds franchise since 2013, probably, the last time. Seven years. Yeah, it's been seven years. So
0: once you get older in your relationship and, uh, you know, you grow up a little bit and get married and things like that happen, you just turn the Reds game on on the (laughs) big TV while you're eating dinner and completely ignore everyone at the dinner table (laughs) while you watch the game. Let them talk about whatever they want. It's daddy time. I can't wait to get there.
1: Can't yeah. wait. <laughs> by the way, i still sneaking by, a bit.
0: Yeah. By the way, that doesn't happen in my house. <laughs> I do get to turn it on in the background, but it's usually the TV that's behind me, so I don't even get to see it. So it doesn't matter. Got
1: to wait for a while in the conversation and get a quick turnaround. Yep. Yeah, yep. Exactly. Exactly right.
0: Oh, lordy. So the Reds are uh, Reds are looking good. We are getting closer and closer to seeing who is going to have to do a two minute comedy sketch. I, w- I meant to. I meant to. Um, Ask uh, Bobby if he was up for any kind of – wanted to be in on the Zoom call when one of us had to do the comedy sketch
1: just to have somebody else on there. That's even worse, though. Yeah. That's even tougher. A bigger audience.
0: Yep. I hear you. So before we get to our comedy sketch, there is one more thing that we want to go over, and that is our football picks of the week. We did not do any picks in week one. Week two is coming, uh, was just, just, just happened. We all picked, me and Adam picked three games against the spread. The spread, uh, which is on ESPN's app the day that we record, which today we're recording on Thursday instead of Wednesday. So, Adam, how did we do last week? We both went one and two.
1: Woo! I got the Bengals game. You got the, the Bengals game. I got. And I got Green Bay. I got Green Bay beating Detroit. Um, So, yeah, we started out one and two. Uh, Overall, not great, I guess, but I'm fine with going one and two if you went one and two as well. Mm -hmm. So, basically, we're starting out uh, going into week three, 0 and 0 still.
0: There you go. So, uh, what do we – how do I get out of here? What are we we looking at? What are we looking at? Have we decided what we're going to make this year's bet?
1: I haven't come up with anything good yet. I don't know if you have uh, if you have any ideas. It can't be adding on because we could just go on forever adding on minutes to our uh, comedy sketch. No our, way. Comedy, uh, no way.
0: When they spotlight. announce – when they announce – when they come out and announce all of the MVPs and everything, that's it. That is the week we are doing it. There is no – you don't – you are not spreading it out to the end of the NFL season
1: and adding more time on it's not happening no i'm with you we can't we can't because if i lose i need to get it over with i i can't let it just linger i've got to do it as soon as possible i'm gonna have to have time to write some stuff some jokes (laughs) uh, but i i I can't let it linger i got to do it as soon as i can if i lose i hear you i'm with you there brother all right, so
0: let's go ahead and get into uh, this week because we've already missed one game because the, the, uh, the Dolphins Miami Dolphins are playing Jacksonville Jaguars right now. are in the fourth quarter. Miami is uh, about to be 3-0. The, the dog dirt of football for the last few years with the Bengals and the Browns, the Miami Dolphins, who have been terrible, are about to start the season 3-0. and uh, they're up 28-13 with five minutes to go in the game. So, outside of that, what do you got, buddy? What, what are what are your first three picks for this NFL
1: season? So, I am uh, – you know how much worse at this I am than you are uh, because I totally forgot about these picks. I forgot. Uh, I,
0: I just said that the Dolphins were 3-0. They're 0-2. Okay. They're, I,
1: I didn't want to <laughs> – they're I was looking at it. and I was
0: like, eh, "That's okay." <laughs> about to win their first game. I don't know what I was talking about. I, for some reason, I thought I, I thought I don't know what else. Who? Somebody started out two and zero. That surprised the hell out of me. And I, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Las Vegas
1: that I was thinking about. That started out two and zero. That surprised oh, yeah. me. Anyway. All right. Good. All right. Um. So I think my first game. I think I'm gonna go with. Oh boy. I think I'm gonna go. No, uh, that one's a bad one,
0: pull, too. Pull a, little, pull a little Chris Witt here. Uh-huh. Pull a little like Chris
1: Witt here. But that's what that's what I meant when I said uh you're a lot better at doing this than I am. So okay, I think I'm gonna take um I'm gonna take the Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh they've got the Texans in Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh is favored by four points here. Man, uh, the Texans have started off 0-2, and, and the Steelers have started off 2-0.
0: The Texans and, uh, have started off 0-2, and, and everybody's acting like they're dead in the water. They've played the two best football teams in the NFL the first two weeks. They've played the Chiefs and the Ravens. Just because they're 0-2 does not mean they're a bad team. I'm glad you took Pittsburgh because we're going head-to-head on that one. I'm taking Houston plus four.
1: Okay. Um, all right, so I've got, I'll take Pittsburgh in that one. Uh, my second one, I will take. Oh man, uh, you know what? I'm going to take eleven and a half as a big spread, and no matter how bad they are, I think I'm going to take the New York Football Jets uh, to cover that eleven and a half against the Indianapolis Horse Colts. Man, that's pretty. That's a pretty big
0: number. I do uh, We'll see how that goes. Good luck with that. We are now. I will say that fifth, I believe 15 of the 16 games last week were all decided and all won by the favorite. That, my friend, is uh, that is that is that is something different. That's, that's odd, yeah, yeah, that's definitely odd. So, all right, my what mind? is Adam Schmidt's last game in the uh. Uh, nosebleeds sports podcast
1: pickem NFL pickem race oh man Chiefs Ravens this week on Monday night football that's going to be good um i'm not touching that one but i am going to touch i'm going to take the uh you touch me i'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals so they have Detroit coming in to Arizona, and Arizona is favored at home by five-and-a-half. And I'm going to take Arizona to win by a touchdown or more. Mm, man. Okay.
0: All right, well, Adam, I've already given you my first pick. My first pick is Houston Texans plus four. Uh, I am going to go with – I'm also going to go with the, the Kansas City Chiefs plus three-and-a-half. It's time It's time for them to show who they are. There's probably the two best football teams in the NFL right now. Um, and you know what? New England is favored against this uh, Raiders team. And something f- – I've always liked Derek Carr. I've always liked John Gruden. Cam Newton is playing a different type of football than he's played, in the well, just last year, I guess, last year or two since he's been hurt. Bill Belichick is showing that it might have been more Bill Belichick than it was Tom Brady uh, in New England for all these years or at least the last couple years. So that makes me decide that I'm not going to take that game. I'm going to uh, decide to take neither of those teams after I just talk myself out of it. And I'm going to go ahead and take the Tennessee Titans laying two and a half in Minnesota. Those are my three. Okay, you're taking Tennessee in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there you go. That, my friends, is how we do it. Um, also, to finish out the podcast, as always, is our comedy segment, and I tell you, Adam. Uh, we, we got a, we got a Brit on the comedy segment this week. If you listened last week and you joined in and watched Michael McIntyre, what was the special called?
1: Uh, It was called, I'm sorry. It was called, uh, Ooh, good question. I didn't have that written down and I watched the whole thing and I still don't have it. (laughs)
0: That's all right. I could. Uh, we got it. We can have an idea here. Is Michael McIntyre? Uh, anyway, go on Netflix. It's his newest, newest special. Um, it's called Showman. Adam, I gotta tell you, buddy. I I I That's thought it was pretty good. He's a. He's definitely the storyteller comedian. He does a phenomenal job. I really liked his delivery. I don't know if it's just because he was English, but uh, the the stuff with the stuff with the car. And kid, like started with the internet, kids not knowing, kids not having any idea about the inter, what, what life was like without the internet. Uh, the WWW thing was starting to get annoying, but then he moved it into cars and how kids have never had to roll up a window. They'll say roll the window up, but they've never rolled a window up. They just press a button. I love that. That was hilarious. He was talking about shagging your seat forward because <laughs> yeah. English people say all kinds, you know, say use different words than we do. Uh, so instead of humping his seat forward, I guess he was shagging his seat forward by using the lever. The dude made me laugh. I'm going with a 3.7 today.
1: 3.7. My, my, my. All right. So this was my pick uh, last week, and it was only my pick because I had forgotten that it was my turn to pick. And I had to come up with something right on the spot. And then I was telling you earlier today when we were talking, as soon as we got done recording last week, I got on the internet and found two two comedians that I really like Mm -hmm. that just came out with specials. And I'm like, oh, no. I can't believe I didn't realize that until just now. So I almost called you and asked you to switch. But I was like, nope. We told the people. If you're listening to this, we tell you what we're going to watch so, because we want you to watch these things with us. We want you to, and, and we want we want your feedback. Hit us up on Facebook, Nosebleed Sports Podcast on Facebook. We're both on Twitter, at Adam schmidt 44 You're at Sick with it. Um, We want you to, to respond to these things. I mean, we want to talk to you about them. If you're listening to this podcast, watch these specials. Tell us what you think about them. Give us your rating from – From either one to five, if you use Chris's scale, or zero to five, if you use mine. (laughs) Um, And tell us what you think. So this one was my pick. I knew nothing about this guy. I've never seen him before in my life. Um, I think he's a good comedian. Yeah. I think his jokes were pretty good. There was something about him. I, I did I thought he was a little too cartoonish. I feel like that that word kept coming up to me as as I was watching it, it especially to start. And it was it may have been by design, or maybe he's always like this even off stage. I don't know, but it was like his his he had to act out with his hands and his body everything he was saying, and he had to like exaggerate it. Yeah, so he did that. I felt like with his voice and with his hands, and it it almost it was a little bit too much for me I, his energy was super duper high which can be fine but it was like that especially from the beginning and to finish and it was like man just you know just do the just do the jokes because it was almost distracting for me I feel like really and and what the way you know he used his voice uh, you know I don't know just the way he used his voice and his hands and just he was just like super flamboyant and i was like i i feel feel like i was almost trying to like ignore that after a while because i'm like i need to listen to his jokes like just hear the words you know And, and and i do i like the guys that just stand up there and have really funny things to say i don't there are people who are good at you know doing the you know doing the physical part and uh brian regan is amazing at that uh he's a guy that's kind of that's kind of like that that I think is is probably does it better than anybody else but most of my other favorite comedians are just people who go up there even guys you know David Tell is one of my favorite all-time he sits he actually sits down a lot of times when he's doing that when he's doing his sets so um, I do like that I just I I feel like it was just distracting to me for some reason so anyway uh, I'm gonna go with a I'm going to go with a 2.8. I'm going with a 2.8 here. That's really not that far off of what
0: mine is. You went, We're talking about scales.
1: Of, you went, yeah,
0: yeah, going by the way we do our scales. So it's not too bad. Um, yeah. So if you like guys that just stand there and say what they have to say, like you said, then you're going to enjoy my pick this week.
1: I'm excited. Let's
0: hear it. This guy is one of my favorite comedians out there, and he's got a special now on YouTube. Big J Okerson is live at Webster Hall, full special on YouTube. Check it out. It just came out like a week ago. I'm telling you right now, you will not. I I haven't seen it yet, so I shouldn't say that. But this dude has never disappointed me. Every time I've seen this dude, even in little five-minute clips, fifteen-minute deals, uh, he's got a couple other full specials. He's on a lot of the he's on a lot of the Netflix um, the comedy shows that have that have like five or six people on it, and they all do fifteen minutes. He's on he's on a few of those. The dude is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I love this yeah, guy.
0: He's hilarious, and uh, I'm super excited about it. Big Jay Okerson
1: live at Webster Hall. I am so excited that you're picking this because this was the first one when I got off, when we got off recording last week. This is the first one I saw. I'm like, oh my gosh, Big J got a got a special. I didn't know that. And then, <laughs> so I'm I'm really excited that you picked that one. Um, so yeah, he's he's. He's a dirty comic and the one that Very I dirty next week already is another guy that gets pretty dirty too. Yes. So we're, we're about to, we're about to watch some, uh, some really, some really good comedy. I, I, like you said, we haven't seen it yet, but um, I've seen this guy plenty of times and he's, I, I, I do think he's good. So I'm going to, even though we say we're supposed to go into these things with no expectations at all and to be as objective as possible, it's impossible to do that. So I already know he's good. I'm going to – I think that means I'm going to enjoy it even more.
0: I hope it does because I've gone into a few of these thinking that I was going to love them and I've hated them after I think it's somebody that I love and they're really funny and I've gone in and they just sucked. So I think we'll be good, though. I feel really good about this. I'm with you. All right. Let's do it. All right. So uh, Big J Ogerson. next week we will have more NBA because the NBA will then be – in the finals, yes, uh, so we are going to be one series closer to finding out uh, how much time, if any, either of us will get to add or subtract from our two minute uh, from our two minute stand up special. That being said, what what did we each pick in the in this series? Because right now both series are tied two to one. Uh, so. <laughs> not, I just said tied two to one. That's the kind of night I'm having. I said that I said Miami, I said Miami Dolphins were two and zero. I said that uh, I said that both series are tied two to one, which is the silliest thing anybody could possibly say.
1: Well, and uh, after Tyler Hero became the greatest player of all time last night, Miami's up three one now.
0: Is can, can I can I ask you this? Is there a better corner three point shooter in the NBA right now? Than Tyler Hero all playoffs long, I feel like he's hit forty threes from the corner,
1: and, and they tell just you what, leave him wide open over there. This this is a kid that is also he's obviously the best part of his game is shooting. He's instantly you know he's this is his rookie year, his he's instantly one of the best shooters in the league probably, um, and that's the biggest part of what he does. But this guy can can get into the lane with the dribble. Uh, he's not gonna. He's not Kyrie Irving. He's not. Uh, you know. He, he's not a guy. He's not Kemba Walker. He's not gonna go out there and get his own shot from going between his legs and around his back and going by you. Mm-hmm. But he's gonna use screens. He's gonna come off screens and do them very well. And he'll. He can use the dribble. He can get into the lane. He's got the step back. And he's. He's not just shooting these 45 foot step back threes that everybody wants to shoot now. He's getting into the lane and stepping back into an 18 footer and you know really good mid-range shots that he practices all summer so um he can actually score a little bit not just shoot uh so that's another kind of exciting thing about watching this kid and it was fun it's so fun because Jimmy Butler is uh loves the kid and he's uh that's like his vet and um He's, uh, he came – Jimmy Butler showed up. I don't know if you saw this, but he showed up at practice today in Tyler Hero's high school jersey.
0: Are you kidding me? That it was really so cool.
1: Awesome. I,
0: that whole team has been fun to watch. I'm excited. I hope that they – I hope it's them versus um, uh, L.A. in the finals. And I'll tell you, another guy that's fun to watch on this team who doesn't always put up super big numbers, but he's had a couple of decent – he's had a couple big games. But Duncan Robinson – just seems to be all over the court and involved in every big play that happens throughout the game in, in, for this Miami, Miami Heat team. How about
1: that young class that they have with those two guys and Kendrick Nunn, who yeah. was the, who was the best rookie who, you know, on that team was the best rookie all, all season long. Cause he finished second or third, I think, and third, I think in uh rookie of the year voting. So those three guys, plus your Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Goran Dragic. You, Dragic. I mean, they've got – they've really got a team there. They, they're getting that production. I think that might be the difference in what makes them so good is they're getting that kind of production out of guys that are one or two years into this league. Yeah. And, uh, that's When you get that, they're unpredictable then because you, you it's harder to scout against teams like that that you don't have a, a big history on some of these guys. Um. So anyway, yep, Miami. We weren't going we to get into
2: a
0: bunch of NBA, so I apologize right. for bringing no, no, no. us in after it. But I just—it's—it's it, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. We'll—we'll we'll be back when we come back next week. Hopefully, there's only been one game of the play of the finals. There may have been. They may be playing the second game on Wednesday next week. I don't know exactly how they've got it all scheduled to start, but uh, this this series. Well, I guess the LA—the earliest it could go out. Are they playing right now? They're playing right now. They're playing they? right now. Yeah, it's five point game with a minute left. Five point game. LA's up by five with a minute left. If that goes three one, then obviously this could be over by the weekend. So
1: no, nope. uh, you know Denver pushes every series to seven games. So guaranteed all, seven. Did, I, Denver's did, I, eight, guaranteed did seven. I say? Did I did I pick? Uh, I picked both of these teams in five. So you picked uh, you picked Miami in six, and the Lakers in five.
0: Oh, I'm gonna screw. I should I should have went with my gut and went five and five. I knew that I, I should have went five and five.
1: It's all right. Those games have been good though. The, the Eastern Conference games have been good, and it's it's very possible the Celtics can win the next game and push it to a sixth game. Uh, and then same here. I mean, I, it's still possible. Like Denver is just every time I think there's just no way they they're, they'd have to run out of gas now. They just don't. And even though they have. They have a good supporting cast, but Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic are, are so ball dominant in that offense, you think there's just going to be a way to stop those guys, right? Especially because Jokic doesn't look like he can even move well. They both have been incredible every game this series so far and last series and the series before. They continue to to surprise and impress, and it shouldn't be a surprise anymore, uh, but We'll see what happens. Like you yep. said, we'll be, we'll be back next week. And I do blame this on you because you should know that if you bring the NBA up to me, I won't shut my big mouth.
0: That's exactly right. And we want to get this off so we can try to get this thing uh, up in Adam so we can, because anytime we have Bobby Nightingale on, especially in a playoff run like this, we want this thing out there. So uh, like, subscribe, do all the fun stuff on all the different podcast platforms that we're on. Uh, next week, NBA, more playoff Reds talk, hopefully. And Big Jay Okerson live at, I don't know, West Wembley Hall or something. So uh, I think check that's it out. Where it's Michael on YouTube. Don't forget is. that one's on YouTube. Full special is on YouTube. It's a week old. You can't miss it. He's hilarious. And he looks kind of uh kind of it doesn't matter. Just just definitely watch it and comment to us, like Adam said. Hit us up with some tweets. Let us know what you think. And we will be back next week. Till then, don't forget to turn your headlights on.